when you were so vocal about your admiration of me. I mean, it's intoxicating. It's like, <laughs> I want to be close to you. You mm. like me. You think I'm amazing or you think I'm beautiful. And hopefully you feel the same way. I think so that, that verbal saying out loud, here's what I admire about you, is such a great way to grow that romance. This is Behind Our Smiles. Pursuing connection. And finding joy. Even in the struggle. Welcome back to another episode of the Behind Our Smiles podcast. We're Joe and Terry Buchanan. Yeah, and last week we were uh, talking about dating. Yeah, and this is kind of the second part of the Valentine's Day series. So when you think about Valentine's Day, you think about dates, dating, Mm. I think, and you think about romance. Right. And before we get started, Mm -hmm. I did want to say a huge thanks to our sponsor, Samaritan Ministries. As a Samaritan member, you have control over your health care, choosing the doctors, treatments and hospitals that are right for you and your family. There are no network restrictions. It is affordable. You can join today and you can find out more at SamaritanMinistries.com slash smiles. So our dating and romantic life looks different than it did yes. 25, 30 just years ago. Just a little bit. I mean, we were just kids, right? <laughs> right. We had no idea, but it felt good. It did. Well, it's so funny because, you know, we reminisce sometimes mm-hmm. about th- those early days and how exciting that was and how my heart was in my chest when I was literally asking you to question, mm-hmm. will you go out with me or that very first kiss mm-hmm. and just all of these things you have these, this brand new feel, everything's mm-hmm. shiny and new. You have no flaws at all in the whole <laughs> world, right? And all of this excitement. And then when you've been together for a long mm-hmm. time, it kind of gets overshadowed by mm-hmm. things that steal our focus, mm-hmm. right? If, especially if I become focused on things that I'm frustrated about or mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like, it's hard for me to look past that to see, okay, this is the same girl mm-hmm. that I fell in love with and the same things that I loved about you then, you have now, except on a much deeper level. Like we have to pursue it a little more yeah. to say, we know it's there, we just got to remind ourselves of those things because there's so much like clouding up our vision. So, and I think of romance, you know, I'm a woman and I do enjoy a good Mm. amount of romance, but I'm thinking if I want my husband to be romantic, right? I think the definition for different people might change. Like what romantic to you? And it's like we talked about our last episode, what sounds romantic to you? Does a walk in the park sound romantic or not? And so I think we're learning what sounds romantic to us. So the one thing I like is Chesterton is one of my favorite authors. And he said, G.K. Chesterton. Yeah, right? G.K. Chesterton. And he said, for romance to grow, we need something strange and something secure. And I think we think of romance as being an exciting adventure, like, wow, so crazy stuff. But I like that he put that in there, that first we need something secure and right. like that we f- are familiar with and we kind of know what to expect. Yeah, we have to, mm-hmm. there has to be safety so that we can build trust mm-hmm. in order to get to the other aspects of romance. Right. So like when we first started our romance, we were high in the excitement and adventure side, mm-hmm. but low on the trust side. We didn't have enough time spent with each other to be fully trusting. And now it's kind of flipped. Now we have built a lot, a lot, a lot of trust, but we have to make sure we're bringing in that surprise and that strange, that right. strange side. But I think about that and thought, man, how important we, we can't skip that step. Yeah. If you are not building trust in your marriage, if you're not building trustworthiness and you know doing what you'll say you'll do and showing up for your spouse in those daily ways, then I think it's gonna be very hard to cultivate romance. Right. In mm-hmm. fact, it's almost impossible mm-hmm. because uh, if the Tara, I mean, mm-hmm. go back to being a teenager or me being uh, a teenager, but uh, uh, the best looking guy in the world mm-hmm. shows up in the coolest looking car. Right. Are you going to get in that car with them right. and go? He's I mean, it's like, exciting, but I'm kind of going, <laughs> I can't trust you. No, and that's the other reason that your dad did a lot of homework <laughs> behind the scenes, right? right? Going, I'm investigating this guy. I want to make sure mm-hmm. that he is trustworthy and he is someone that I, I can trust. So trust is big. And I think 
in our culture sometimes it gets overlooked. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's in the underlying currents of what's going mm-hmm. on, but we t- we tend to to over uh, kind of glaze over it. Like it's right. not that important, but it's extremely important. And even in, we were talking about romance and just growing those romantic feelings. We really can't avoid trust. I think about like a you know a typical rom com movie. You know, I feel like there's always that line somewhere where the guy is saying to the girl. Do you trust me? Right. Just take <laughs> yeah. my hand. I'm going to take you on this adventure. We're going to do this amazing thing. And the woman has to decide, do I trust you? And obviously, sometimes the guy is trustworthy and sometimes he isn't. But I think the first step is really building that trustworthiness and saying, I know that you have my best interest at heart. That's a big one. I trust yeah. you, to, that you, you love me and that you want the best for me. So for me... If I want to build romance in my marriage, mm-hmm. the first step is making sure that I am trustworthy mm-hmm. with you. And like you said before, if I say I'm going to be home at 530, mm-hmm. be home at 530. Right. If I good... say I'm going to do this, go do that. Exactly. Right. It's almost like if we have a date plan or something and you can't follow through on one of those steps or you don't come home on time, suddenly my romantic feelings are sort of like squelched. And I know for <laughs> us that it bleeds in. As if I say, hey, I'm going to take care of the dishes mm-hmm. and then I blow them off, which does happen mm-hmm. sometimes. Or, hey, I'll do this for you. Or I'll do that for you if I don't do that. That does hurt uh, our overall overall trustworthiness mm-hmm. in that respect of growing romance. Doesn't mean you don't trust me. It just doesn't grow the romance mm-hmm. the way that we want it to. So the second facet is this idea of something strange. So I'll call it maybe the surprise. <laughs> yeah, you married someone strange, so that worked so out great. This we kind of talked about this before. Like I want you to surprise me, right? Mm, yeah. There's something fun and romantic about a surprise, but surprises have this double-edged sword element to them, right? Mm. If you get it right, you're a winner. If you get it wrong, you're a loser. But I like the idea of saying, hey, I'm more willing to trust you with a surprise if I if I can trust you. Right. And some surprises you don't mm-hmm. want as a surprise. Right. And this has taken years of marriage to learn that that probably wasn't a good surprise where mm-hmm. this would have been a fantastic Working. surprise. So it's funny because even in our marriage that we build romance sometimes, I've been big on wanting to surprise you with certain things, but mm. I've often noticed that you are not as big into surprises. Mm. Like it's a general rule. If someone says, do you want to be surprised? You would say, no, no. <laughs> no. Surprises for me growing up were never healthy. Mm-hmm. They were never uh, a good positive experience. Guess Where what? for you, mm-hmm. like I've seen the video of your yes. Christmases. Guess what? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've seen how excited you, your parents, the gift giver, the gift receiver, all of that were. I didn't have those same experiences. So for me... Uh, a surprise was I was expecting my mom to show up and she never did. Mm-hmm. I was expecting this and it never happened. So I would much rather know what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's something we've had to work through with our marriage too, to say, okay, Joe's going to need more time and trust <laughs> that it's not personal <laughs> if he doesn't trust me with a surprise. But I do think about that, how much your childhood affects that ability that, you know, my parents were trustworthy. So if there was a surprise coming, it was legitimately a good thing mm. and it came through and it was like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted. Versus you never had that experience of a good surprise. No, I literally have a memory where I was told I was going to get a surprise and it was a, a mm-hmm. really severe punishment mm-hmm. for something I had done wrong. Right. So those are the types that, that makes it very difficult. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to communicate that because for you, your love language is mm-hmm. surprise, especially yes. if you trust. And if you were to, you know, kind of express that to me or project that onto me, it doesn't help grow our romance. Right. You're saying I do need a little bit more time to be okay and trustworthy. And I was thinking about this with this idea that we do with our kids at Christmas time, that lately the kids are getting each other more gifts as they gotten older. And they will joke about what is it? What is it? You got to tell me. And you've got to give me a hint was the big thing. Yeah. Give me a hint about what you've gotten for me. And we have this line we use, which is simply, you're, you're going to, to love, love it. it. And we use that line for every gift under the tree. 
And I think that's such a great way to look at life saying, you don't know what it's going to be, but you're going to love it. And I think that's what romance is. I, you don't know what I have planned, but you're going to love it. You don't know what I'm going to do, but you're going to love it because I love you. And I've thought about this gift. And like this year, our daughter got a cricket. And so she is making these amazing, beautiful creations. And so this year before Christmas, I saw her bring the gifts in and I thought, I don't know what she's gotten us, but I know I'm going <laughs> to love it because I know her. I trust her. I know she's put so much time and energy into planning these projects. So I was like, this is a great surprise. I don't know what it is, but I know I'm going to love it. And we did. Yes. In fact, it was fun to watch her siblings light up when mm -hmm. she gave them their gifts. And for us, they were just some great gift ideas. Right. And part of the reason they were so good was because she had studied us. She <laughs> yes. knew what each of us was into. She knew what her brothers were into. So I think in our marriage, the surprises that have worked well with you to me or me to you are times that we've studied and you've sat there and watched and go, okay, what is lighting her up? Mm. Right. What gifts have I given her in the past that have lit her up and what gifts didn't light her up? Or what does she really appreciate or need right now? And listening and learning is part of that surprise element. Right. And to be honest, I have not always succeeded <laughs> at this. And there have been times when a birthday or Christmas or an anniversary is quickly approaching and it hasn't been on my radar and I've got to do something and I quickly make the adjustment and, and go out and give you a gift. And sometimes it's because I, I do know about you and there's something that, that actually works well. And other times I have to completely mm -hmm. guess, but if I haven't been studying you or I haven't studied you and I don't know, you open the gift and you're like, what is, what is this right. about? It's not romantic. And right. I think even there's times where you haven't got you haven't gotten the gift maybe right or the idea or whatever you were trying to surprise me with. But if I see it came from a heart of studying, like, honey, I've noticed lately you've been struggling with this and I thought you might mm. need help. If I got you this gadget, it would help you because I noticed you're frustrated every day getting this job done. Then I'm like, okay, I don't want that gadget, but that is so cool that you notice that every day I'm getting upset when I do this kind of task. So I think even that for me, romance is this idea that I've been thinking about you. I've been studying you. I'm trying to think of what can I do to make your mm. life better, to make you happier. And I think that's a huge, huge part of romance. Right. So it's kind of cool how all three go together. Mm -hmm. You got to be trustworthy. Mm -hmm. be safe. You got to have some way to surprise, surprise. right? Mm -hmm. There's a surprise element. But also to get the surprise right, you've got to be able mm -hmm. to study. So it's fun. And in, and in time, I think we've gotten better that we've worked on both those things, mm -hmm. you know, security and working on the safety that we're doing better with like surprising and learn to surprise each other a little bit. Yeah. And even you like to do small surprises, like when I'm at a garage sale and I see <laughs> some cool vinyl, I'm like, okay, I want to get these for Joe. I want to surprise him with this. And I could say, okay, I think he's going to like these three artists. Mm. I'm just going to go for it. And I love surprising you. So I'm like, okay, I know he likes vinyl, even if it's not. 100% right. It is, it is a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun to come home from work and see those sitting on the table. Number one, yes, I love the new vinyl, but more importantly, that Tara was thinking about me throughout mm -hmm. the day. That helps build that trust. Right, and that romance, That we're too. talking about in that romance. And what's you know I love it because one of the very mm -hmm. first things I do is put the vinyl on, yes. right? So, Tara, let's take a quick break. we got to hear from our amazing sponsor. We're going to take one minute, uh, Samaritan Ministries, and then we'll be right back. I have always considered myself a really healthy person. It was never crossing my mind that I would face any sort of large health issue. So I went to get a mammogram and the doctor walked in and immediately started tearing up. She said, Kelsey, I've known you for years. This is really hard for me to tell you, but it is breast cancer. 
Because I'm a Samaritan member, I knew that I had complete freedom in regards to which providers I saw, what kind of treatment I wanted to get, and that they are so generous with cancer needs specifically that although I had a lot of other decisions to make, how I was going to pay for it and where I was going to go for treatment didn't have to be one of the things I was concerned about. And I think that's such a beautiful aspect of Samaritan that I would never want to lose. A community of Christians caring for each other with a biblical solution to health care. Learn more at SamaritanMinistries.org slash smiles. So more than just romance and being surprised, I think part of what we long for as humans is mm. intimacy. Right. And we actually talked about a loaded this word. in episode 14 and 15, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you want to go back and listen to it. But I once heard um, someone talk about intimacy in this way. They said, it's actually into me see. Mm-hmm seeing into me to being truly known and truly loved. Right. And that's where it really starts with our relationship with God, because right. he's the only one that truly knows us and truly loves us. And we have to first surrender our lives to him and saying, okay, I trust you to truly know me and truly love me. So I think in our intimacy with each other, we're trying to reflect that love and say, okay, can I look at Joe and know him well and love him well, Right, all the parts of him. Right. And as a human, it's almost mm-hmm. as much as I want to love you, it's, it's nearly impossible to get there, especially without a relationship with mm-hmm. God. If I don't have a relationship with God first, it's hard for or impossible for me to get there. But growing intimacy is a journey. It's getting to know each other better and loving and accepting what we find. And that's where I think that back to the romance, Joe, is that I think you can't have that level of intimacy and knowing right. and loving at the very beginning. Even though the beginning has a high level of romance, I feel like as we have gotten more and down the road, it's like this is actually really good because again, we know each other better and love Mm -hmm. each other better. So when I think about intimacy and developing that closeness, I do have a strange tip that I often (laughs) refer to of how to grow intimacy with your spouse. And it's a little crazy, but I think about middle school really, and we can learn from 12 and 13 year old (laughs) girls who have a very good handle on how to grow exclusivity. And we, Mm. everyone knows that story of those people in junior high who there was a click, right? It could, but obviously it's often girls. It could be guys. And they had a thing going and you always knew that you were not included, right? right? So obviously this is not a good thing. We're not going to promote excluding people. But if we think about our marriage as that click to say we should have that level of exclusivity, mm-hmm. right? Because first of all, we know we have to forsake all others, right? that this is a 100% monogamous relationship. It is only me and you in the click. Right. There's room for no one else. And that means that we can have things like inside jokes. Mm-hmm. And I know for our relationship over the years, that's been one of the really cool things. We'll be in a room with, uh, with uh, mm-hmm. 10 other people and it'll be just a look across the yep. room and we'll communicate something that just automatically connects us. Right, And it, it does grow intimacy. And again, if you're on the outside of that as a friend group, it is like, I am missing out. They, mm. they are talking about something that I am not a part of. Right. I wasn't there, right? Been there, done that. I wasn't there. I don't know what they're talking about. But for in that couple, as me and you experience that, it's very powerful. And it does bond us together to say, only you and me know what we're talking about right now. <laughs> right. And we are best friends, mm-hmm. which goes back to that right, group. They were kind of uh, joined at the hip or mm-hmm. so. I mean, people who know us know that we are very much for each other. Right. We're just um, wherever Tara's at, there's Joe. Right. And that's be right a there. really important like, marriage tip. People should know you're together. Yeah. You know, it's like to the level that you can. Like, it should be like, oh, they have a thing, don't they? Like they're mm. always around each other. They're always texting each other, whatever the case may be. And so I think in our marriage to say, hey, we can be a thing. Yeah. We can be a clique that say, hey, no one's included. It's me, you, and Jesus, you know, somewhere right. in between there. But is that exclusivity is really powerful for growing intimacy 
And mm. it also reminds me of this idea that, you know, again, everybody knows. It's, yeah. it's, in fact, you change your name, right? At least right. I changed my name saying, we are now a thing, we're a club, and we're going to stay tight. And hopefully it'll be more last, long-lasting than a junior high clique because those generally, right. they don't last. So I'm not saying this is the standard we're going to go for to be a junior high clique, but I think it's good to learn from about growing that ex- exclusivity in your marriage. Well, and I think when we were first dating, we wanted everybody to know. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's just the oh, two yeah. of us. We are right. together. I'm holding your hand. Mm-hmm. You know, we're everywhere we go, we're together. It's like they have a thing. Well, and Joe, you're so good about this too. Obviously, we are not together 24 hours a day. Um, but the idea that even in a regular conversation, each other's names come up, that mm. I could have, you know, two days where we're just two different schedules going on. But I bring your name up and people know, oh, that girl talks about her husband a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And that guy talks about his wife a lot. And I think that's part of growing that, that the mentality of exclusivity. Right. So maybe that's a, that's a really good point. If you're wondering if you have that, if you ask your friend, Mm -hmm. right. Or someone who knows you, would you know we're together? Mm -hmm. Would you know that we're a thing? Right. If you didn't know. Right. And we're a thing thing. We're not just friends. Right. (laughs) And so besides, you know, like in junior high, which is not the best way to live your life because they have a lot of ways to grow. But again, they get that right. They learn how to be exclusive. (laughs) Um, Looking at the Bible, one of our best resources there for romance is the Song of Solomon, which is a whole nother like book to understand and study. As you open it up, you're like, what in the world is going on here? It's a lot of metaphors and, but it's very romantic poetry. And as you look through it, I do enjoy some of the themes that come out as you study it. And I think... One thing I really, really love is, first of all, the admiration. Yeah. You know, they are just speaking about each other with these tones of just, oh my goodness. I know the one verse is, this is for you, Joe, but how beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful Mm. you are. Your eyes are like doves. Wow. Do you like that? I do. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I I feel the same about you. And I think if I could just, I'm going to park on this for a second because it's kind of like, um, the car that I drive, and this mm-hmm. is a terrible analogy, but kind of similar. Like, I'm okay. If all of a sudden I'm not happy with that car mm-hmm. and I start dwelling on the things that it isn't, like mm-hmm. maybe the steering column is duct taped or whatever, you know, and I, I start dwelling on on all that I, I don't like about it, mm-hmm. I'm not going to like that car very right. long. And then I'm going to sp- begin to speak negatively about it. I'm going to begin to feel negatively about it. I'm no longer going to thank God for the blessing that it is. Right. But if I flip it around and say, man, that car starts every time, Mm -hmm. it gets me to work without fail, it's warm in the winter, cool in the summer, and I start focusing on the things that I I really am grateful Mm -hmm. for about that car, all of a sudden, I find myself very grateful for that car. Mm -hmm. So the same is true in my relationship with you, and I don't want to compare you to a car. No My my point is, (laughs) if I start to look at the things about you that annoy me, or frustrate me, or the things that, quote unquote, you might fall short on, and I start to dwell on those things, all of a sudden, I'm no longer grateful for you. I, I start to complain. I start well, it's to a romance negative. killer. Right. It's a romance killer versus the model that we see here, which is this I constant. But if I look at you and I say how beautiful you are, <laughs> mm-hmm. my darling. Well, and that admiration of each other is so powerful. And the times that maybe that has been more lacking in our marriage, again, it does kill mm. our intimacy and kill our, the romance versus when Joe, when you were so vocal about your admiration of me, I mean... It's intoxicating. It's like, I want to be close to you. You mm. like me. You think I'm amazing or you think I'm beautiful. And hopefully you feel the same way. I think so that, that verbal saying out loud, here's what I admire about you is such a great way to grow that romance. Yeah. Another theme in uh, Song of Solomon is delight, mm-hmm. right? 
And I, I like, again, listen, my beloved, behold, he is coming, climbing on the mountains, leaping mm-hmm. on the hills. The idea, and this is almost like for me, hey, everybody, dad's coming home. <laughs> right. Yes. I hear the garage open. Like, this is really good news. Like, this is, I am so excited that when you are around, it is amazing. And again, not just to say that, but to be in the receiving end. Mm-hmm. I know how much that is to say, I cannot wait to be with you. Like, just being with you is my delight. I I just love that. And, you know, it just reminds me a little bit of what we learned early on in our marriage. And that is just the way that we greet each Mm -hmm. other really does set the tone for our time together. And Tara, you have been very, very good at this through the years. No matter what's going on in your Mm -hmm. life, though, no matter how crazy the kids are, the moment before (laughs) I arrive, you are there with a smile, a kiss and a, hey, how was your day? I Mm -hmm. love you. A big hug. And hopefully I've been able to mm-hmm. reciprocate that on some level because I try to, you know, <laughs> unplug <laughs> match my energy. Home. Right, match <laughs> it. But, um, but I think it's so important because if I come in and I'm all negative or, or I've had a bad day and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just spewing on you, it just really sets the tone right. for the night where if I can reciprocate that, like, Delight. hey, it's so great to see you. Right. And, man, just to be together. Beautiful and it's and some of that we talked about in our last episode with dating, this idea of just learning to really enjoy right. being together and the next part I saw in the Song of Solomon too was this pursuit, right? Constantly like chasing after it. Like this was this girl and this guy's main goal. I was like, <laughs> we got to We got to get together. And you know, the, 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 the phrase, I adjure you are daughters of Jerusalem. If you find my beloved as to what you will tell him for I'm lovesick. Like yeah. I have to just, I have to find him now. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't always have that level of pursuit in my <laughs> really? bones, but you know, there is something about pursuing and mm. being pursued that is powerfully romantic and intimate. And sometimes uh, it can be when you're not together mm-hmm. that you really are able yes. to express that. And we forget to express it when we're together because it com- becomes mm-hmm. commonplace, right? But I remember before I was dating you, Tara, and I was thinking about who my wife was going to be. And I remember just kind of praying this through and being like, okay, someone I can miss. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I would miss you is because I want to pursue you. I want to be with mm-hmm. you. I want to, my pursuit is, is, uh, after growing closeness with you. So somehow, sometimes in the marriage relationship, those things can get lost or overlooked in the craziness of our everyday lives. And so one way to pursue, if you haven't listened to episode 17, the idea of, hey, one pursue is, hey, I'm gonna pursue and find time with you. Like Mm -hmm. I wanna spend time with you, getting to know you, learning to love you better. And that's, we've been, that's been fun for us to kind of joke that pursuit. And the last one is just flat out desire. I want you (laughs) like there's no, there's no breaking it down. It's like, that's all it is. And like, let me see your form. Let me hear your voice for your voice is sweet. And your form is lovely. Again, it's an admiration. Like, let me just tell you how it is. Yeah. I like you, babe. (laughs) And and again, trust Mm -hmm. is a huge part of that without Mm -hmm. trust. How in the world does that work? So yeah, again, I think with desire goes back to when we first started dating. Isn't that being desired? Yes. Just literally the fuel that began all of that was like, oh my goodness, he likes me, right? Because I liked you for a long time. But when I found out that you liked me, that mm. being desired, it's crazy. But again, just because we're married doesn't mean we have to stop expressing that desire to each other. No, and it's very important for me to express that because sometimes I can get caught up in this idea that, hey, I told you I loved you at the <laughs> altar. If it right. changes, I'll let you know. Kind of like, you know I love you. Why do I have to right. keep telling you? But there's something really powerful about literally saying it. Mm-hmm. And I've had friends of mine come to my house and ask me the question later, like, man, you say I love you a lot, <laughs> you know, like I would, that doesn't happen in my marriage, right? You know, tell me more about that. Help mm-hmm. me understand why that is. And, and 
part of it is I really do love you. Oh, that's good to know. And I want you to know that I love you. But part of it is an outpouring of this gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. Of really focusing on the things. You are a gift to me, Tara. Mm -hmm. You're an incredible gift. And I never, I, I know I take it for granted sometimes because that's human nature. And I know that I have fallen short, but I really want, my desire is to make sure that you know that you are loved and that I love you. I love it. And that reminds me so much of our relationship with God. And we talk about romance, that often we say the standard for romance as well is the relationship that Christ has this church, right? We say it's kind of this mystery, right? Mm. Like there's something similar that we can see in the way that you and I desire each other and become close and what Christ does for us as believers. And I think it goes back to what we just said, which is security and something strange. And man, God has shown us over and over again how trustworthy he is, right? Yes. We don't have to worry about building trust with him. Now we have to work on being trustworthy <laughs> as people, but to say in that romance with the Lord, he has proven himself trustworthy. Yeah. And so when he says, trust, trust me, me. Right. <laughs> and we're going, what does this mean, God? <laughs> What's gonna happen here? We can go, wait, he's trustworthy. And as we embark in that relationship with him and say, okay, I'm gonna trust him in this area of my life. And there's a surprise. Yeah, The surprise is always good. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, God is always good. And we hope, our hope for you is that you love and are able to celebrate your your spouse. And as you listen to this podcast, maybe you'd say you're not quite where you want to be, mm -hmm. but even just a step in the right direction, right? Mm -hmm. A step in the direction of where you want to go will change your whole trajectory, right? So thank you so much for joining us mm -hmm. today. We really appreciate hanging out with you. and uh, We like being, surprises too. Yes. Well, for Tara, it would be a five-star rating. <laughs> yes, right? here we go. Just surprise us with a rating, a review. I also get surprised when people follow us on Facebook. It mm. is a lovely way to connect with you. We're on Behind Our Smiles at Facebook and on Instagram. We're at Behind Our Smiles Pod. Thank you for walking alongside us as we uh, figure these things out together. It's such an honor to spend time with you. And I did want to say a huge thanks to our producer, Mark Stubanger. Oh, Mark. Yeah, does a fantastic job of making us sound good. Thank you also to our amazing sponsor, Samaritan Ministries. If you don't know a lot about Samaritan, uh, as a member, you have control over your health care, choosing the doctors, treatments, and hospitals that are right for you and your family. There are no network restrictions. It's affordable, and you can join today. And if you want to find out more, just go to samaritanministries.org smiles.